Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You just gotta keep pounding, you know? Just keep pounding. Gotta keep pounding. Joe's a big fan of keep pounding these days. Keep on pounding. You never want to stop pounding. You might want to revise that statement. Come across a little wrong. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Never stop pounding, kids. You heard it here first. Wait, if you just say keep pounding, I mean, that's that's kind of as bad, right? Yeah, it's just as bad. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Guys being dudes. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I'm Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting with NDT Scouting, also with FanRag Sports, and we are your hosts here on a Friday edition of the Draft Dudes Podcast. We're glad to be here to help kick off your weekend. Hope you are ready for the coming uh, Thanksgiving holiday next week. I know we've got a lot of foreign listeners, so... Uh, if you if you don't celebrate that, you're missing out. Uh, basically, it's just an American tradition of eating uh, and celebrating gluttony. But uh, Kyle, welcome here to the show. How we doing? So it's like every other day in this country. It, it really is. Yeah. It, it just it just uh, you feel better about it, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 a guilt free day of stuffing your face. <laughs> well, it hit me when I was saying that, like, because we look, we see the data, right? We see where our listeners are, and I am always blown away by the the global audience that we have here on the show and we're very thankful for that but uh saying you know talking too much about thanksgiving is is really not reaching you know everyone so wanted to be mindful of that i'll i'll give some perspective um last year i did four households for thanksgiving 
uh, both my parents and my my better half's parents are split, right? So each one of them has a venue on Thanksgiving. And from the time I stepped on the scale when I rolled out of bed in the morning until the time I stepped on the scale at the fourth house for a Thanksgiving meal in the same 24-hour window, Joe, how much weight difference do you think there was from point A to point B? Four pounds. Uh, it, it was double that. Oh, you did an eight-pound day? <laughs> eight-pound day, yes. Jeez. Now, uh, eight, that was spaced. Ahead. That was spaced. And this was after training for Thanksgiving with the Big Pig Challenge in, in Mobile, Alabama, <laughs> which is four-and-a-half-pound sandwich in 45 minutes. Uh, but, yeah, last year for Thanksgiving, I gained eight – I put eight pounds of food and drink Probably more than that because what goes in must come out uh, throughout the course of the day on Thanksgiving. Now, you uh, you are a, a fit man, but you can house some food. I've always been impressed with the amount of uh, food you can put down. Is your appetite – your? I haven't seen you eat you know big quantities in a while. Are you still able to you know, kind of – how was all that food? Or what? I could still put a country boy breakfast at Cracker Barrel down in less than ten minutes if that's what you're asking me. Okay, all right. Yeah, I can pick him right. up. No, put that's him good. Down. All right, just I'm trying to gauge how big the the prime rib needs to be when you're when you're coming my way here in January. Okay, so. well I, I would put it this way: uh, I am a little leaner these days. I'm actually almost almost under 200 pounds for the first time in like four years. So Very good. we're doing good. We're doing good. Kyle, I couldn't. I went uh, for uh, Mexican tonight, and oh, I calculated yeah, decision. It was, and I got a quesadilla. I couldn't finish it. It, it was so cheesy. I thought I ate eighty percent of the quesadilla. It was a humbling moment because that's never been a problem for me. So I'm worried about my ability to contain large quantities of food. I feel like it's really catching up with me now that I'm here in my early thirties. That's soft. That hey, it's just soft. being honest about it. Just being honest, but. <laughs> How, Kyle, bring the number to the table. How far away are okay. we from the yeah, NFL? So we are 159 days away from the 2018 NFL draft. Joe, we had a couple options here for this, this statistic. And the statistic that I wanted uh, to bring was 159 is the number of targets that one recently unsuspended and reinstated Josh Gordon had in 2013 when he at the ripe age of I believe 22 had 87 receptions for 1,646 yards an average of 18.9 yards per catch and nine touchdowns with the Cleveland Browns heck of a year like who who was his quarterback right like yeah, that was that Derek Anderson time, or had he moved on at that? Point? No, I don't think. I think Derek Anderson's been in Carolina for a long time. I yeah. think that was. I I don't know who it is. Like we need to pull this. We need to pull that up because We're have the producer tap into that. Yeah, is that is my producer or your producer? I'll, I'll have my producer do it. Okay, uh, All right. very and, good. And you talk about just for a quick sec because this is exciting <laughs> for for Cleveland it is. fans. You know, yeah. talk about the impact that that he can potentially have, Josh Gordon, on this Browns offense. Well, on the heels of me writing an article for FanRag Sports this week that I outlined why the Browns were going to go 0-16, uh, anything 
to improve the talent on the field would would help them. And obviously, George, Josh Gordon, when he's right, is a rare blend of size, speed, ball skills, and uh, you know, he gives them a bona fide number one playmaker uh, on that on that team on offense, and the guy that you can funnel your offense, your passing game through. So obviously, if he's back and he's right, and his and his you know everything's right, which you hope and pray that that's true because he's so talented. You know, this gives them a bonafide superstar, one of the most elite in the game. Oh, no. What do you got, Kyle? <laughs> Jason Campbell started eight games for the Cleveland Browns in 2013. <laughs> the Browns went 4-12. and And get this, this is the nuttiest part. Brian Hoyer, 28-year-old Brian Hoyer, completes 60% of his passes, a positive touchdown to interception ratio, and goes 3-0. and in his three starts for the Browns. So, so Campbell, Campbell, Hoyer. Campbell, Hoyer, and Brandon Whedon. Oh, man. Yeah. We, so if he, can, we, if he can put up those numbers, 18.9 yards per catch, with that cast of characters on 87 receptions, I mean, he can, he can do it with any quarterback, yeah. right? Like, I mean, Sean Kaiser, maybe? Whedon completes 53% of his passes, is 0-5 as the starter. Jason Campbell is one and eight as the starter, completes fifty six percent of his passes, and um, this is a who's who. They they actually do have a, an impressive one two punch here with twenty five year old Jordan Cameron and Josh Gordon. Now, what, now they had what could have think, been with those guys? I think they had seven first seven Pro Bowlers that year, if I'm not mistaken. Seven. Don't you remember this? They had a year they had seven Pro Bowlers. It was – I'm not kidding. Oh, uh, wait. Here we go. We got Josh Gordon, Joe Thomas, Jordan Cameron, um, Joe Hayden, T.J. Ward. This is looking Kickers. like all I can find. I think there was seven. Spencer was Lanning seven. was the punter and Billy Cundiff was the kicker. So those guys were not it. Um, My I'm producers seeing, I'm seeing five. I'm seeing five. Really? Sorry, Chad. Uh, sorry. I'm, I am sorry. Well, hold on. Here we go. One more time here. I got it up. Yep, I was wrong. Five. 2014, Thomas Gordon, Cameron, Mac, Alex Mack, Joe Hayden, TJ Ward. One, two, three, four, five. It's six. six. Well, that's pretty good. That's... So the Browns are four years removed from having six Pro Bowlers in our 0-9. 1-25 their last six Tyler, games. I, had a, I, I DM this to you because I like – Cleveland. I I feel bad for <laughs> Cleveland fans, but I had a crazy stat that I just I just this is unbelievable to me. The Browns have more losses in the last two and a half seasons. They're zero and nine, went one and fifteen, and three and thirteen. Right before that 2014 season, Joe was talking about in which they went seven and nine and still managed to finish in last place in the division. How brutal is that? You know, I don't feel bad for Cleveland fans. Uh, they've made the playoffs more recently than the Buffalo Bills. So, uh, well, hold on. I, I, I got to finish my thought here. All right, go ahead. The Browns have more losses in their last two and a half seasons than the New England Patriots do in their last ten and a half seasons. <laughs> it's not cyclical, is it? Let that sink in for a minute. That is unbelievable. In a league of parity. The Browns can lose 37 games in two and a half years, and the New England Patriots can lose 36 in ten and a half. The league of parity unless Tom Brady's your quarterback. Mm, must be nice. <laughs> I cannot relate. Neither can I, sir. 
Um, so with a pretty light slate of uh, college football ahead of us, it's all That's important. Being nice. Well, look, we we can only <laughs> we can only preview so much for you here, and so what we wanted to kind of do is open up this this Friday edition to you know, be your questions. And so we solicited Twitter for questions and have some really good ones that we want to focus on getting to uh, today on the podcast. Absolutely. Joe, would you be so kind as to throw out the first question here on the Draft Dudes mailbag? Yes, I will be glad to. Um, you think I'd have it queued up. But, oh, uh, man. I got, all this, all, I got them all lined up, man. I got my stuff together these, today. Yeah, I did, but then I got all this producer, you know, the producer had to take over the computer for a second there. So, um so you just give me a second here. All right, here we go. First question uh, comes from Drew, New York Giant man. He says, RB1, Geis, Darius Geis, Damian Harris, or Sonny Michel? Kyle, out of that group, uh, who's RB1? Out of that group, right? Well, like we're, yeah. we're assuming Saquon Barkley's already ascended to the heavens <laughs> from which he came. Um, I'm probably going Geis. Geis is like the blend of Harris and Michel together. And for that reason, I really like Geis's ability to get downhill and put his pads down if he wants to, but he's just super explosive, and, and laterally he's very quick, and his his feet are great. So I would probably go with Darius Geis out of that group of three. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Uh, I'm going to break up the running back question. Everybody asked about running back questions. <laughs> this was unbelievable. We had um, – I think four of the f- the first five questions we got were all centered around running back. So uh, I'm going to spread it up a little bit. Uh, we got some interesting questions too, Joe. Some I don't know if you've seen some of these questions, but I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Um, Benson Collins, BJ Collins seven on Twitter wants to know: Is Quentin Nelson truly worthy of being a top three pick in your opinion? especially considering the offensive line talent being sparse in the current NFL. Top three is really, really high. You know, uh, I I wouldn't hate it, but I think that's, I mean, that's just, that's where you're talking like your chances on franchise quarterbacks, like elite pass rushers type stuff. Um, So top three is, is really rich for me. Top 10 is absolutely where, Quentin Nelson should be picked. I mean, so, this is a get, go ahead. So, how about like six to six to ten? It's fine. So yeah, you, that's fine. You're even still a little gun shy on top five because he did he did ask top three to five. Well, it top see yeah. I mean, I guess the further we get away from it, it top three is, is too rich. Top three to five, I'm like okay. Five to ten is a sweet spot. Sure. I think for me, it's is if you have certain pieces of your team in place. Like, if you have two young pass rushers and a franchise, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I could at least get interested in if they needed interior offensive line because they have a pass rusher, they have an interior pass rusher, they have a franchise quarterback, they got a big-time receiver. Uh, Obviously, I, I think they're probably looking more secondary than they are offensive guard with where that roster's at right now. But that kind of depth chart is the kind of depth chart that if they happen to be picking that early, I think you could justify a top five pick. But other than that, Joe, I'm, I'm kind of with you where just you know, odds are if you're picking that high, 
your your needs go well beyond landing a, a solid interior yeah. offensive line. Yeah, unless it's like you think a team like Houston, right? If Houston had their first round pick, maybe that's the type of team that could do it. Even though I think they have other needs. Uh, Kyle, I want to give you one here from Adam Lunt, uh, Go Pokes four twenty two. He says, have either of you seen much tape on Marcel Aitman, who is an Oklahoma State wide receiver? If so, general thoughts on draft position and how he translates at the next level. I wanted to give this to you because I know you had a chance to uh, sit in the box for that West Virginia-Oklahoma State game, and so that gives you a really unique perspective that uh, that I don't have. Dude, you're, you're going to get me in trouble with this question. Oh, I'm excited. I like Aitman a lot. I'm at the point where I might feel Aitman is on equal footing or better footing than James Washington. Oh. I know. I know. Washington's... He's weird. Washington's weird. I know we've talked about this on the pod before because his trump cards in college, I don't know if they can be trump cards in the NFL. And I know, Joe, you you said you felt Washington has made really positive steps in 2017. Don't let me put Mm -hmm. words in your mouth here. No. Yep, I did. Um... As far as the polish in his routes, Aitman's a physical monster, and his size and physicality and the strength in his hands, uh, I I really, really like him. I, th- I think he can be a, a really strong candidate to be a developmental uh, Z or X receiver, which is the guy that plays up on the line of scrimmage, can beat press coverage, runs through... Uh, that's the kind of receiver I could see him being at the next level. Well, that turned into be one hell of a question and one hell of a hot take. So um, that's fantastic. I, I mean, I've watched a lot of Oklahoma State. I, I haven't really watched Aitman you know, through that lens. I see plenty of impressive moments at the catch point where he is elevating and positioning his frame and squeezing the football away from his body. You know, But as far as my my ability to really speak to his route running skills and separation ability. You know, I, I can't speak to that, but um, man, uh, that that was uh, <laughs> quite the endorsement, man. Um, great question. Great answer. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's a heck of a football player. So Joe, my next question for you comes from Caleb Helms, Caleb M Helms on Twitter. And he wants to know what is your favorite scary movie? <laughs> My favorite scary movie. Uh, so it's interesting because, like, uh, the, the this version of myself, man, I, I think I've watched, like, maybe five movies in the last six years total. Like, I just haven't watched movies or t- TV shows or anything. Like, I just, I just haven't made time for that stuff. But uh, I went through a phase, like, maybe seven years ago where I was like, okay, let me watch some scary movies and see if there's any type of, like, interest that I could Redeeming have. qualities. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I watched the, the movies. I watched were Dead Silence, Jennifer's Body, uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose, and I'm like, these are just corny and stupid. But I will say this: growing up, and, and this is a much younger version of myself, like you know, like ten years old, the Leprechaun movie scared the hell out. Oh, of me. <laughs> this so, used to be on Sci-Fi. Well, that was the one. That's yeah. the one that that gave. That, I mean, that like. That messed me up, and you know, at the time, you know, considering that juncture of my life, Leprechaun cost me some sleep growing up. How about that? I, I want to thank Caleb because that I I know I've seen your DVD collection, so I know you have quite a sizable DVD collection. 
But to know that Leprechaun movies were the ones that, that really snake bit you as a child, that that's good ammunition for future reference. Uh, fun, can I give you a fun fact? Yes, please. Jennifer Aniston is in the first one, and I'll just leave it at that. What? Yeah. All right, my producer's going to look that up while you pull the next question. Are Kyle. you going to – can Kyle continue? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're not, you don't have a scary movie hot take here? Or you... um, I mean, I remember I was, like, in my mid-teens, and I watched, like, The Ring and The Grudge. Mm-hmm. And, and those were just, like I, – I don't know. That, that never really did it for me. I will say it's it's – the new It, I just went out and saw the, the new It movie, the, the Stephen King novel that was remade from the, the TV film series. I thought they did an awesome job with that. It's a really entertaining movie. Um, did had an appreciation. I, I had seen the original, so they, they paid a lot of homage to that. They did very well with that. So uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of scary movies, uh, but I did see the most recent remake of It, and I was a big fan. All right. Um I got one for you, Kyle. I think this is a good one for you. Um, from Big C, 1736. Excuse me. Who's been the best free safety this year in college in terms of range and coverage ability? Mm. Any sleepers? Who mm. you got, Kyle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you're talking about range, like I just got done watching some Minka Fitzpatrick earlier in the week, and, and Minka's not like – if you're expecting Malik Hooker in center field, like you'll be disappointed with with Mika just just because that's not the kind of player that he is. I think his range is fine. I think he can play center field, but you know if you're looking for more burst and juice and a guy to play free safety, I still really like Armani Watts from Texas A and M. It's a name that hasn't really been talked about a whole lot. I thought he's done better this year tackling than what he did last year. Um, and he's really twitchy. He's got good ball skills. He's, his reactive quickness is nice. He does good to plant and drive on stuff in front of his face. So if you're looking for a rangy free safety, not getting talked about, I'm going to go with Armani Watts, Texas A&M. Nice. Uh, I like Jordan Whitehead. I like I like Armani Watts, but just to be different, I really like Jordan Whitehead. I think he's super springy, and uh, he can cover a lot of ground, and he can carry routes into space. So uh, And he's... Good tackler as well. So for me, Watts is really good to me, and I also like Jordan Whitehead from Pitt. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, next one is from Michael Kist, uh, Ben Solak's co-host on Locked On Eagles. So uh, Michael wants to know, how many times do you typically watch a play when breaking down film? And if if so, if relevant, uh, what speeds if you vary in watching slow motion or, or full speed? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It's funny because uh, we're, I'm starting to get into <clears throat> writing some formal scouting reports for the, the, the 2018 uh, scouting portfolio that I'll be putting together. And uh, I feel like the longer I do this, the more tape I got to watch. You know, like some things you just like, maybe you get quicker and faster and better at. I feel like the, the, more, the more I evaluate Football players, it feels like the more tape I have to watch and the more I find myself wanting to dig. And, and so it feels like this year more than ever I am 
I am doing a lot of that. Uh, you know, I don't obsess over it, but if I really wanted to understand, you know, something really pops to me on a specific play, yeah, I'll, I'll get that thing into half speed. Uh, I will, you know, really kind of key in on what they're seeing, why they're doing what they're doing, um, and, and take a deep dive. I feel like that's more than ever right now. Uh, NFL stuff, uh, when I'm trying to really, like, do some player analysis or, you know, I get something assigned to me that requires research, I I slow that down even more because I don't think I'm evaluating. It's, it's different because I'm not evaluating so much the uh, the traits of the players, but, you know, right. the, the concept right. and the scheme. So NFL All-22 is almost always, I'm always hitting that slow. Rewind 10 seconds and, and run it back slow. For college stuff, it's it's more as it pops. But I don't know if, this, if you're having the same revelation. I know you've been at this for a while. We've both been at this for a while, but... I feel like I need more tape than ever to really get the opinions I want. So Yeah, I must have watched the strip sack that Mike McGlinchey gave up in the Miami game 10 to 12 times. Mm. Just trying to figure – because you watch it and it's it's – I'm trying to figure out where the miscommunication was because there's no way McGlinchey gets beat physically on the play. He's expecting something. And Miami had ran, ran a, a stunt off the end. And I'm I'm trying to process and pick up. I still don't know where the bust came. If it was just like in his head, he mixed up what the protection scheme was. Or if the back tucked up inside and, and he was expecting him to go outside and chip or what. But he, he lets a, a stunting defensive end literally run right across his face without any effort to punch. And by the time he gets hit to hip, he says, oh, shoot, <laughs> I got to go. And it's too late. Uh, so... Joe, I kind of agree with you where if it stands out for some reason, I will watch it until it makes sense. Uh, yeah, now, that's a good now, way to put it. A lot of times, you know, I, I feel comfortable with a lot of reps, just kind of watching them one time through just because I do the mental checklist before the snap of, you know, you take your inventory of, of the personnel and the alignment and the game situation and, now, all of those things I, I try to account for before the snap. I treat it like a quarterback treats it down. I'm looking, okay, who's on the field? Where's the ball lined up? What's the formation? How many safeties are up in the back end? What's the offensive personnel? Who's where? And then by the time you account for all that, I feel comfortable kind of letting a play run through because I have a basic understanding of you know, the structure of any given play. Kyle, I'm going to throw one at you here. Um, this comes from True to the Blue. Uh, and he wants to know, tight end class so far, as good as 2017. Kyle, what's your high-level thoughts on this, twi- this uh, tight end group? That is a lofty, lofty expectation if you want a tight end group like last year's. Those are special towns. O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, David Njoku. Um, I think... Ingram's had the most success, right? Because he's kind of the last man standing for the skill group guys there in New York. Um, Howard's kind of been streaky, solid as far as I understand from a blocking perspective. Uh, Impact in the receiving game's not quite totally there. And Njoku seems to have great chemistry with anybody who's not named Deshaun Kaiser. So that's frustrating (laughs) because the Browns seem to be riding with Kaiser. So uh, I think long-term that group's going to, be a memorable tight end class. So I don't think there's the top tier talent, but this might be a deeper class as far as I like, you know, tight ends four and five better this year 
if, if you gave me a five deep of tight ends from this year versus a five deep from last year where you're, you're talking like a, a Gerald Everett who ended up going to the Rams or a Janu Smith from the Titans, um, I think you get more three-down depth with the tight end group this year than what you did last year. Yeah, so just listen to these names. Mark Mark Andrews, Oklahoma. Uh, Adam Brenneman, UMass. Dallas Godert, South Dakota State. Troy Fumagalli, Wisconsin. Uh, Mike Isecki, Penn State. Hayden Hurst, South Carolina. Like, that's a good group, yeah, right? Yeah, that's a really and good that's, group. And that's just the first six that I could think of off the top of my head. So, yeah, I, I like that. I like the way you answered that because I, I think into, into this six options at least, I, I like them. So, uh this looks like it's going to be a really deep group. Joe, I, I got a lot of questions about running backs, and we also got a lot of questions about uh, edge players, specifically one player individually. Uh, I'm not going to shout all of you guys out. Joe, I am going to give you a, a chance to answer this question. Uh, I have some takes here, so I don't I don't necessarily think you've drawn this team a lot with our studies for the season. Uh, so don't feel obligated if it's not something that you're – you're totally, you have a good grasp on. But a lot of questions about Hercules Mata'afa, the yeah. defensive lineman, I think is how I would phrase him, although they play him at nose, huh. uh, for Washington State. Thoughts on him, how good he could be, where he projects, so on and so forth. Yeah, I've got nothing, so it's going right back to you. There we go. How about, <laughs> bef- before I do that, somebody also asked uh, Jake, had asked thoughts on Hercules and Duke Ajayafor. So I'll, I'll give you Ajayafor and then I'll take Monty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could talk about Ajayafor. I've seen him live and done a lot of work on him. He's got a lot of power. Uh, he's got a lot of technique with his hands. Um, he, he, that's how he's going to win, right? So softening rush angles, uh, using his length to keep separation from blockers, and, and you know, really kind of just working with leverage through those angles. He's not a guy that's super twitchy or has like elite get off, but he's got a wide variety of hand technique and a, a big time motor that uh, helps him create a lot of pressure. So I don't think he has the, the top of the first round or even first half of the first round type traits that you want from like a premier type pass rusher. But uh, he's a guy that I think can start and, and be a very serviceable base for three defensive end. Yeah. Uh, Mata Afa, I know this is somebody that Justice Mosqueda really likes, and Justice is, is a really prominent name as far as edge evaluations. I think Mata Afa, I think he's on to something here, where this is a player that's going to be better at the next level than he is in college, strictly because Mata Afa is like 250, 245 to 255, and he's playing nose tackle in a three-man front, and it's just it's silly. You know, you get you get the occasional glimpse of him kind of pushing through double teams and fighting through contact, or you get the chance to see him coming from either the B-gap or off the edge, and he's got a good first step. And, you know, physically, he's he's put together very well. He's got a good motor. He, he's powerful. So I think there's there's a lot to like here. I don't think he's the most loose as far as you know, cornering and ankle flexion and hip mobility and those sorts of things. So I think maybe this is somebody that you start looking at as like a base 4-3 end, ask him to put on 10 pounds. I don't think his athletic skill set is, is so good that you don't feel like you can't ask him to add a little bit of weight. You know, there's some guys like 
you, you don't want him to bulk up because he's going to lose his first step, and that's where he wins. Well, Mata'afa doesn't really win a lot with first step. He'll get a first step on some interior guys, but from an edge perspective, I think he's somebody that you can kind of adopt as a little bit of a project, ask him to play you know, on the, on the strong side. He's used to taking on contact and challenging blocks, so I think that's a place where I would feel most comfortable projecting Mata'afa going forward. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Kyle, I got one for you here from Jonathan Joyce. And I think this is under the assumption that both of these players were to declare for this draft. Which one is a bigger risk? Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen or West Virginia quarterback Will Greer? Oh, geez. Um, (laughs) That's a great question. Um, I'm going to say Josh Allen because... I, I don't see like Greer's at the point where, and he's been in this West Virginia offense for like less than a year. You see a really good handle and grasp of the concepts and a mastery of the offense to the point where oh, you can get up and 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 Will can get really surgical with you and take you apart in in several possessions in a row. Um. The ball placement is good. The decision-making is sound. Uh, the Oklahoma State game notwithstanding. Apologies to Will. I shouldn't have showed up. Um, whereas Josh is more Jekyll and Hyde play-to-play. And for that reason, I, I think you know it's he's so hard to ignore from like an eye perspective. But every good play is followed by a bad play. And that, for me, really, really scares me. Yeah, it's it's a tough question. Um, the bigger risk... Risk is kind of relative, too, you know? Yeah, I mean, in the first round, like, what, like what's the... Yeah, I think there's a context that I'd like to have here. Um, my, my knee-jerk is that the bigger risk is Josh Allen, but I think it might be for different reasons. There is um, Josh Allen at this point has a whole lot more to beat than just some of his own deficiencies. You know, there's going to be some media and fan criticism that he's going to have to overcome, right? Like you saw the tweet today from Matt Miller that, you know, the Jets have shown the most interest in, in Josh Allen. And so 
the reaction was just so scathing about you know how stupid they are. They took Christian Hackenberg, and now they're going to take another crap quarterback. And it's just like there's going to be this stigma that whatever team drafts Josh Allen, especially if it's you know, in the first two rounds, you know that Josh is going to have this ever. It's just going to be it's just going to be really hard for him to you know what he has to overcome physically and his growth that he needs as a player, and then this like this like feeling that he has to prove the entire world wrong because. You know, he hasn't lived up to his physical traits. So uh, I feel like Will might be a little bit more under the radar and be able to be a little bit more loose. And for that reason, I think that Josh Allen's a bigger risk. Joe, I got a couple more for you. you to start with Baba Yaga, which is at SickBubbleGum74. <laughs> wants to know, which Buckeyes do you see leaving for the draft after this season? Uh, Denzel Ward. For One. sure. Um, the tackle, Jamarco Jones. Uh, Sam Hubbard, I could see. I think Sam Hubbard stays. I agree, I actually agree with you. Yep. I'm two for uh, two with you so far on, on departures. Jerome Baker's out. Yep. That's three. Can we can we file a petition to get Nick Bosa to come out? <sighs> uh, we. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, he's not eligible, so just to clear um that might be it, I think three. Any of those who am I missing? How any other those defensive linemen? I mean, Taekwon Lewis is a senior. Right. Isn't I think Hubbard they have, stays. They have, they have a defensive tackle. Oh, Draymond Jones. Yeah, yeah. Draymond yeah. Jones is out four. There's four. Yep. Yeah. Four. Yeah, I think All that's right, a I, pretty I, pretty safe group right there. Yep, they're out. Yep. And I'm not even gonna follow up, Joe, because I, I'm four for four with you there. Okay. So I owe you one here from our friend Bill Rossetti. Oh, no. I know exactly <laughs> what the question is. <laughs> Help the brother out, Kyle. Should I do, I meaning Bill Rossetti, do the Big Pig Challenge at the Senior Bowl? No, you should not, Bill. You should continue to prosper and enjoy your life and not ruin this trip with this sandwich. I would years lo- later. I would love to. I would love to see somebody tackle it, but it won't be me, and I don't want it to be somebody that I want to see enjoy their week. So my follow up question was going to be, you know, who do you want? <laughs> who would you peg? Who's the guy that should do it? And with with that statement, I don't think you should answer that question. Mm. <laughs> no, probably not. There's a couple Uh-oh. candidates, but no. <laughs> I, I, I got one here for you, Joe. This is a good one. This is from uh, Cuck FB, uh, which right. is AWK900, wants to know, in what situations should I not look to invest my money in index funds? God, good Lord, man. <laughs> I watch football and write about it. If you think I know how to answer that. Um, I'll, 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 give, I'll give you a real question. I'll give you a real question. This one's okay. from from yours truly. Uh, one of this... thing, one thing that we've been working at with NDT scouting this year, and our, our our you know your portfolio, my draft prospectus, is trying to introduce player comparisons into the fray. You know, some of them feel forced, some of them are awkward, but it's something readers, uh, NFL personnel, and, and decision makers they really value that that kind of mental picture that a comparison can make. So my question for you, Joe, is do you have any comparisons that you've come up to this point in the season that are your favorite? 
Oh, I like that question. It, it's um, it's been a fun challenge. Uh, the the ones that come to mind, man, I kind of like all. I I like I really either like them or I'm like lukewarm. So some some of the ones that I really like, uh, I have Everson Griffin as my comp for Bradley Chubb. I have Brandon Linder as my comp for Frank Ragnow. That's not bad. I have Geno Atkins as my comp for Maurice Hurst. Um, and here's one that I thought was really fun. And I don't know if I gave you this one yet or not. And this is this could cause a problem. My comp for James Washington. And now I, I spent a half an hour thinking about this. Is Miles Austin. I could see that. I, I think if James continues to become more technical with it and precise with his route running, I could see that. Because athletically and from a uh, build perspective, they're not bad. That's 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 pretty solid. I mean, I have a lot more, but those are the ones that just immediately yeah, yeah, jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, a, I got a couple for you. You let me know what you think. Okay. Josh Rosen and Matt Ryan. Do you want my immediate reaction? Yeah, just just, uh, just give me like a one word, like a turbo round quick reaction. Does, does Rosen have, isn't he like, wouldn't you think he's more physically gifted than Matt Ryan? From an athletic skill put? No, I mean just from an arm. His arm's way better. Uh, see, I thought Matt Ryan coming out of college had a pretty solid arm. Really? Okay, well. Yeah. Stylistically, yeah, that's fine. They, yeah, they win style, stylistically, yeah. yeah. Stylistically similar, yes. How about Luke Falk and Brad Kaya? <laughs> okay, I got. I know I gave you this one already, but Royce Freeman and Chicago Bears Kadeem Carey. Yeah, can can Royce catch the ball like Kadeem? He can catch the ball, but I was really into Kadeem Carey's ability to catch the ball, man. I, but physically similar the way that they <laughs> challenge tacklers for yeah. sure. And this this is probably my favorite one, uh, Jalen Samuels and Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, yeah, that was that was gold. When you said that to me, uh, I thought that was perfect because he's such a hard guy to come up with that comp for. Yeah, yeah. So and you I think, get one that fits, and it's like, yes, yeah. that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's good. I, I hope that you're okay with me using that as well because I'm going to. No, it's good. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, all right, Kyle, I got another one here for you. Um, this comes from Coleman at Vanilla Jordan. <laughs> he says, and I don't know how familiar you are with this player, but if if not, I can certainly take it. How high can you see Marcus Davenport, the pass rusher from uh, UTSA, rise after the combine? Um, man, can I say it depends on how he tests? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say this. I, I haven't watched him as closely as you have, Joe, but – he profiles like a guy that you could see going and, and building up into like his ceiling is like midday two. I feel like, I don't know if he's from what I've seen has a first round ceiling. Um, but I know he's big. I know he's long. Um, I know he's disruptive. So somebody like that small school comes in and tests respectively. Well, you know, I could get on board with, with this being a guy that that's a day two guy and that's solid range. Yeah. That's where I'll value him too. I, in some of the scouting circles, I, you know, I kind of keep talking about prospects and stuff that I'm in. Uh, I said, 
I said that I can see the NFL valuing Marcus Davenport like they did Ziggy Ansa, who went in, was he a top 10 pick, right? Yeah. And, and I could see them valuing Marcus Davenport like they did uh, Carlos Dunlap, who was an end of the second round pick. So if the truth's somewhere in the middle, then I I guess I kind of see eye to eye with, you know, the potential of him being a, a second round pick. But um yeah, he's he's long. He's athletic. He's powerful. He's he can turn some corners, but you know he's a little he's he just needs so much work. He's a little bit unrefined. Getting those hands right to shed blocks against the run, reducing his surface area. You know, knowing how to how to take his steps as a pass rusher. So some of that nuance that he still needs needs to happen. Um, but from a physical perspective, I mean, he's got he's got all the traits you can ask for. So is he so, is he more of a true edge than say like Tano Passino? Yeah. 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 Somebody mentioned him, and they—I guess—they kind of look similar. But Marcus Davenport, he actually does a lot of stand-up stuff. Okay. True three-four outside linebacker stuff for UTSA as well as hand of the dirt. So, yeah, I think I think he's absolutely a true edge. I, I have no thoughts about putting him anywhere besides the edge. Okay. So I want to piggyback. I got two more questions for you, Joe. All right, and I'm out. So. Oh, you're out. You're out. Yeah, so you're no, gonna have to come up with one or two on the spot then. Oh. Uh, Dalton Miller, who's become one of my favorite followers, just because he he interacts with me on a daily basis. Um, so shout out to Dalton D Miller two fifty one wants to know how do you account for prospects playing against lower level competition like Marcus Davenport or Dallas Goddard? Yeah, so this is for me. So it's it's a uh, that's a we something we talked about a ton last year with Corey Davis. Mm-hmm. He was. Corey Davis is a player that both you and I had in, in the top five. And um, uh, it, it doesn't really – as long as he dominates that level of competition, you know, that's what's important. But we're scouting traits. And so ability to run routes and the ability to catch a football and uh, the ability to get a good release is is doesn't matter what level of football it happens at. You know, you're looking at it from this the same perspective of is it – how does it work in the NFL? So, um, you know, it, in order to – be considered a prospect at a small school level, you do have to dominate. But then after that, it's just about watching the traits, which are regardless of if, if it's a Power 5 team, a FBS, FCS, whatever. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That was something I talked about. I think I wrote an article for that last you did. year. And you did. Um, I really liked that because it, it really outlines, you know, you have a certain level of expectation from a small school guy. You got to physically dominate. You got to dominate with production and you got to meet baseline NFL athletic testing. You do those three things. I don't care where you play. Kyle, I've got my on the spot question for you. Okay, and I really I'm, like I'm, it. I'm ready. So see, sometimes the best work comes under pressure. You're going to hate the question. All right, here it comes. Okay. Um, Nathan Peterman. <laughs> is making his first NFL start on Sunday for the Buffalo Bills at the Los Angeles Chargers. Give me your prediction for his stat line. Um, I'll say 16 to 25 passing, 185 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. Oh, the two picks, huh? Two picks, the two picks. I think that's. I think this is a must-win game for the Bills. By the way, I don't know how you feel about it. <laughs> I mean, I think it's very important. They're five and four. They're game up on Baltimore, Miami, and Oakland for All that right, six speed. Forget the other two teams. It's Baltimore. You got to worry about. Have you seen their stretch? 
they're, I, they're I have your stretch. And they've got a it's physical very, defense. Very favorable stretch for the Ravens. So, you know, they got um the Packers this week. So this this game for both of those two is is going to be essential. You know, uh, those were two I profiled as must-win games uh, for for those teams trying to get into the playoffs this week. And hopefully, you know, if, if Nathan Peter can keep the offense moving, the defense isn't going to be left on the field and get gashed against the run like they have the last couple of weeks. And, and that's been, you know, part of the issues with Tyrod Taylor is he doesn't do that. Number one, the Bills are the number one team in three and outs. I mean, so they put the defense right back on the field and, and they've, been able to have a sip of Gatorade and they're back out there you know they, they have to go and nut up against a run so um hopefully he keeps the offense moving which I think he will I think he will more so than Tyrod Taylor I think your stat prediction is a good one um I think 16 of 25 sounds right I was hoping for a few more yards than that but we'll see we'll see that pass rush is really good with Ingram and Bosa but yeah. uh, um go Bills Joe last question Ryan Bieber wants to know what is your middle name my middle name is Russell. My name, my, Russell. my 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 given my given name is Joseph Russell Marino, and I'm Kyle Matthew Krabs. And we are the Draft <laughs> Dudes. And thank you for listening to today's Draft Dudes podcast. Uh, what a great segue that was! So hat tip to Ryan Bieber, aka Bieber underscore Ryan on Twitter. Um, we would like to thank you guys for. Carving some time out of your Friday, you know, I know this is not the traditional in-season Friday show for us, but we want to keep you guys engaged, and uh, as Joe said, we can only talk about Baker and Lamar and Alabama guys for so long before, you know, we we want to have something fresh and fun to do, too. So we hope you guys enjoyed uh, the the Draft Dudes mailbag. And, uh, Joe, we, we do have one announcement to make before I really carry us off into the sunset here for Week 12 of college football, and that is we have agreed to terms on the bet. Oh, I'm like, what is this going to be? <laughs> yes, no, you know you know exactly what this yep, is. Yeah, all right, yep. that's fine. So we have agreed to terms on the Heisman bet. The bet, if you are listening for the first time, uh, is I believe the final three in order – for the 2017 Heisman Trophy voting will be Baker Mayfield, Saquon Barkley, and Bryce Love. Joe Marino gets the field. The entire field. By the way, I did get a very nice handout from Stanford University uh, promoting Bryce Love's Heisman campaign in the mail today. So thank you, Stanford. I appreciate that. Just keep him in third. That's all I need. <laughs> uh, if that is the final order... I am required to show up at Joe Marino's house in January when we begin our travel to the Senior Bowl, which will be on a Saturday morning, um, with the Baker Mayfield handlebar mustache. I will be required to keep the Baker Mayfield handlebar mustache Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and the first day of Senior Bowl practices on Tuesday before losing it just in time for media night. Joe, would you care to share your end of the bargain? Yeah, so just the, this is my official agreement to the, the bet as well. And uh, so if it's any other – no, if it is that order, if it winds up being uh, Mayfield, Barkley, Love in that order, I am required to watch season one of Game of Thrones, and I have, uh, I have, until, I have the month of June to do that because there's no way I'm doing that in the middle of draft season. So uh, that's what I'll owe 
the people, and Mr. Krabs. So we are greatly looking forward to hearing Joe's reactions to Season 1 of <laughs> Game of Thrones on DVD, which he will watch in June after the 2018 NFL Draft. Speaking of the 2018 NFL Draft, stay right here with us all the way through. We said at the top of the show we have 159 days left. We are going to be with you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday between now and then to make sure you guys are up to date with all of the relevant info on these draft prospects and college football and the NFL, and free agency. You know, we, we're, we are men of many talents, and we thank you all for listening. We highly encourage you to continue listening. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, next time we do a Draft Dudes mailbag, get in on the fun. You can reach us. I am at NDT Scouting on Twitter. Joe is at the Joe Marino. I am Kyle Crabb signing off with Joe Marino. This is the Draft Dudes podcast. Enjoy Week 12 of college football. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.